Hey everyone and welcome back to the Mental Health Scoop, the show that discusses prevalent issues in our daily lives and how we can overcome them. It's actually been a month since the last show so I'm really really excited to be back. I've actually missed making it every single week so I hope you're as excited as I am um, but I really did not expect to be recording from home like we were the last couple of weeks um, which is quite sad because I really do miss the studio and I miss everyone in it but you know life goes on when we have to stay positive but um, I have to be honest it's not that easy. I have really really struggled this lockdown and I think it's more because I am quite a seasonal person and I think I you know I am like a lot of my positivity comes with weather (laughs) um I I really like love summer and I love light nights and I love being able to go out for runs go for walks whereas in the winter you know it's not that easy to do that because of the weather um so I'm a lot more prone to demotivation whenever it's raining or snowing so you know the things that I've kind of noticed that have helped me are trying to incorporate a structure in my day and I think the way I do that is I get a good sleep I get up early in the morning and I would write down like the things I want in a perfect day to achieve so it's kind of like manifestation but anyway, I would try and incorporate exercise, you know, a bit of uni um, and try and get some good nutrition throughout the day because that always, you know, connects to a good, like a mindset, really good mindset. So one of the main things I have to say about that, though, is it's really important not to put pressure on yourself because, yes, it's important to set goals, but try and make sure that they're semi-achievable. But, you know, it doesn't always work that way. If you maybe, you know, simply can't find the time or one thing took longer than the other. You have to really look on the positive side of things and and look at what you have achieved and what you've got done on that day and then set aside the things you haven't for the next day so that you can aim towards that and you have something to do the next day. So I actually think this is really relevant to what we're talking about today. And um, we're going to be talking to Jack Green, who is a triple world championship winner and a double Olympian. So he will definitely touch on, you know, kind of setting goals and self-affirmation and not putting too much pressure on yourself. So I'm going to introduce him to you now. Do you want to start by introducing a little bit about yourself? You know, what your achievements have been, Jack? Yeah, so my name's Jack Green. I'm a double Olympic athlete. I'm also a wellbeing consultant, a professional athletics coach, um, and a mental health advocate. And, you know, I've been very lucky in my career to to have lived out lots of jobs as such, lots of careers that align with my purpose around helping people and, and then helping myself. So I was very lucky to be a professional athlete, spent 10 years doing that. As I said, I went to two Olympic Games. I won world and European bronze medals in the 400 meter hurdles and the 4 by 400 meter relay. Um, and that led to, to kind of the journey that I'm on now in terms of, of well-being. I've always struggled with my mental health and I was given the opportunity to work for BBC Studios just before the first lockdown um, in the UK. And I led on well-being there, supporting 30 offices globally between five, 10,000 people. So quite a big job. I now do that privately. So I have my own well-being consultancy um, supporting other organisations and people. But I also coach professionally in athletics and, and support athletes in the lead up to Tokyo, which hopefully will go ahead. Yeah. And I know, I suppose that because of, you know, your your past like you were very young whenever you first started to experience the, like when you were in the Olympics and things like that, like the media, the fans, and obviously there was like 80,000 people watching you. Did that have like an additional impact on the stress or the pressure you felt when you were already competing? 
Most definitely. I think I've always struggled with mental health issues. I just didn't know about them. I didn't believe in them as such. Um, and it wasn't until I went into that arena with 80,000 people, as you said, in the stadium. This is my whole life same. You know, I was writing stories about it from the age of seven about going to Olympic Games. And I'm achieving that at 20 years old. And in my mind, I'd failed. I didn't medal. I fell in the hurdles. I missed a bronze medal in the relay by 0.13 of a second. And I saw it as a failure. And that's kind of the huge trigger for me. It wasn't that the Olympics and and you know, my judgment and my performance are the reasons why I struggle with mental health. The reasons, you know, it came out then was because I had a lack of emotional intelligence. I've never, I've never failed at that point. Um, and, and I had no experience really. So that was just a huge trigger. Um, there's no reason why that wouldn't have happened then later on, had I been successful, that I would have then struggled with my mental health later. But it just happened to be that, you know, a games of that size and uh, an experience that that's, that's that big kind of pushed me over the edge I'd say and like I suppose you were really young so you didn't really know much about depression and you know the kind of signs of it so what do you think when you look back on it now what kind of things did you experience so I was after the Olympics it was about six months later that I was diagnosed with depression bipolar tendencies and anxiety um and and you know I'd struggled for a long time after those games because I didn't believe in mental health uh, because I thought it was something that was made up for people who were weak or people that just couldn't hack life as such. And I wasn't one of those because I was male. I was a sports person. I was successful living out my dream. So how could I be one of those people? So I struggled for a long time because I wouldn't accept it. And I'd just become to a point that I, I became suicidal and I, I lost a love for not only what my dream was and what I was living, but everything in life. And, and that was the obviously the the huge sadness and uh, the huge moment for me to to know that I was in a horrible place was that I had no joy at all and I was you know I expected there to be joy of course I did I was living out my dream there shouldn't have been any reason for me to be unhappy so that was the main thing um, for me that kind of showed that I was struggling so much. You know I suppose people see you as a role model as well so they were thinking that you were living the dream life and this big um you know competing and like they looked up to you so you were you were probably confused at why you felt this way um but like did you did anyone around you like your family or anyone did they like recognize that you were kind of down? I think because I always had success around my mental health struggles it kind of glosses over any of the adversity on the way it's like we we all do it in in smaller ways and bigger ways but we will sacrifice ourselves be in a horrible place that might be studying for exams or so on then the exam result comes in and we forget about all that adversity that got us there we go oh yeah well that got this result so the results the most important thing we're fine you haven't actually looked at have did i have to sacrifice a part of myself and possibly put myself in a horrible place to do that because and that's that's the reason why i i don't compete anymore it's I wasn't willing to sacrifice myself for a result I wanted to to be happy all the time not just not just if I won a race or that kind of thing so yeah you, just, you, you have know, to just put yourself first yeah most definitely and like did you there was there any support system provided within the Olympics because obviously you know you're competing in worldwide sport and competitions so your coaches are going to be definitely you know motivating you all the time and you know sort of encouraging to do your best so did you feel like you could approach them or did you you know like stray away from this because you were scared to say that you're kind of weak 
Yeah, I think there's a lot of stigma still in sport around that, around weakness. And you can't be seen to fail. You can't be seen to be struggling in anything. And that's why people don't speak out and why in mental health seems to be getting bigger and bigger within sport. But that's not a new thing. It's just people are fi- finding that they can they can speak about it or feel more comfortable to do so. And for me, so I was man- I managed to get six weeks worth of support because I was a funded athlete at that time. So I had six sessions over six weeks. And that was the only support you're entitled to. Um, so that was the amount of support I had in terms of when I was diagnosed, um, which obviously isn't particularly good enough. But that's just how it is, really. And so did they sort of, uh, like, send you back out again? Like, sort of after your six weeks, they expect you to just be okay? Or was that the way it worked? Pretty much. Um, obviously, you know, every every person's different. So some people are, are very aware of mental health issues and are fantastic support. Some are not so, and it's not their, th- their, their fault. They just don't really know. But I was pretty much treated like it was an injury in terms of, right, it's all recovered now off you go back to doing what you do best which as we know with mental health isn't the case Mm -hmm. and I suppose like it was your job so you're you're always as you said making goals setting goals and you know trying to meet expectations and like how did you deal with that like now especially you said that you struggled with it at the time but how do you deal with that now the pressure that you put in yourself if you don't succeed because everyone is you know susceptible to a bad day so how do you kind of cope with that well I think you've summed it up really well there in terms of everyone has has a bad day so understanding that no matter how good you are at one thing you are a human being so the problem with with sports people is we get put on a pedestal and we get seen as like superheroes or something when the reality is the only difference between me and someone else is that i can run around a track a bit quicker than them I'm still a human being. So a big part for me was understanding that as a human being, I will have some down days. I'll have some great days. I have some, most of the time I'll be in the middle somewhere. That's just how it works for human beings. And then measuring myself on things like effort. So for me, it's, it's not about the result. It's about the effort that I apply to try and gain that result. And if I don't get the result, but I've given 100% effort, I can't ask for any more. Because as we said, being a human being, you'll have those, those tough days. You might only have 50% in the tank, say, because you've got financial stresses or family stresses or whatever things are going on. So all I can give on that day is 100% of that 50. I can't demand any more because it's just not possible. And as soon as you start working in that, that mind frame as such, that mindset, you become a lot more consistent because you're not pushing yourself to places that are you know, detrimental for your mental health and possibly your physical health as well. But you become just, just a lot kinder to yourself. Therefore, you become more successful because it's all positive. You're always thinking, I'm doing everything I can here. And it's achievable things rather than this negativity of that wasn't good enough, even if you were trying your best. So that was a big one for me. It's, it's just really changing your, your mindset to be positive more and, you know, reflecting on what you've done in a, in a good way um, rather than your negatives. And it, if you don't succeed in something, then the next day you can say, well, I can try that again tomorrow. So that's kind of the way you have to look at it. And I would try and practice that myself. And, you know, I suppose with your that's kind of um, like a main part of your job is sports, obviously. And a lot of people would say that, you know, sports creates a positive mindset you know people that are feeling down or in recovery from depression are advised to go out and walk and go for walks because of obviously the endorphins released and do you think whenever you were suffering that kind of love for sports had sort of dwindled so there's a big difference between sport and exercise so we know exercise physical activity is is 
the best thing, pretty much one of the best things you can do for your mental health and the studies that have been done have shown that, that it's actually more effective than an antidepressant might be. Um, which is is amazing that we have this this available to us without having to use medication or, or so on and so forth. But the difference comes then when you do sport and it becomes your job because there's far more attached to it. So whether I win a race or not might decide whether I can afford the rent in that month. So now my physical activity is linked to my financial health, is linked to my social health because of my physical activity. I can't go out socialising because my job is being a professional athlete. I can't go out drinking, I can't, I've got to be in bed at a certain time, so on and so forth. So you lose the social element. So once it's attached to, to more than just what it is, the purity of going and walking, going and jogging, doing a workout, whatever it might be, eating well, so on and so on, then that's where the, the difference is. So for me, it, it just became literally, instead of it being a hobby or something you enjoy, it, it became your whole identity and it became what you did and, and who you were and it's a bit consuming, really. Yeah, well, I suppose that is very true. And you also said, um, you know, whenever you look back on it now, that you're grateful. And you said this in an interview that I was reading. And you said that you're actually grateful for the experiences that you face because you're, you have, now have the power to help other people. But you also added that your, you know, your history of depression, you know, that doesn't end whenever you get help or you recognise. It's just you learn how to cope with it and manage with it. So, do you know, is there anything you've learned that's really valuable to people that maybe can relate to what you're going through? Yeah, so the first part is I am grateful because, and I'm also grateful that I learned this at a young age because I feel it was easier for me to make those changes and, and so on at a younger age than it is when you're older. Um, so I was grateful for that. And as I said, it, it's about helping people. So it's, it's fueled my, my purpose and my why, which is one of the things that's so important for us all to have is why do you do what you do? not just being motivated, which is temporary, which comes and goes. It's finding that real reason. Why do you do what you do? Why are you here? It's far more powerful when things are tough. If you know your why, what your fuel is, it will allow you to keep moving forward when things are tough instead of just, oh, because I'm good at it or because someone pays me to do it or so on and so forth. The other things I, I love to think about is, is changing. It's all simple stuff, right? I'm not reinventing the wheel or anything here. It's, it's just communicating it more in terms of, Failure isn't failure. It's not, you know, the end. It's learning. So every time something doesn't go your way, ask yourself why. So you can figure out what to do next. It's as simple as that. So the purpose and the why is a huge one I talk about. Effort is also really big. For me, it's, it's understanding the journey and appreciating the journey. So breaking down the, instead of looking at the top of the mountain and thinking, wow, how will I ever get there? That's too big. This isn't possible. Breaking down each step staying which then leads into staying in the moment so it's not overwhelming it means that every little thing i'm doing is progressing me forward and being positive all this kindness this positivity towards my goal rather than negative of well you're not there yet that's not good enough you'll never get there so on and so on that leads into the other thing i love to to teach and i work on all the time myself and need to get better at and that is staying in the present staying in the now I really struggle with, I look into the future, I worry about consequences. I worry about what might happen or what might not happen. And instead of just staying in the moment, controlling what I can control, which is the here and now, what can I do right now to make me feel better, move me forward in a positive, healthy way that will then create a future that I want anyway. So staying in the present for me is, is hugely important. 
That's a good point for me as well, because sometimes, you know, whenever you're stuck in lockdown, things like that, you do overthink. And then I think sometimes I start to get a wee bit stressed out about the future and things like that. But you do, you need to stay in the present and appreciate what you have at the time and see the journey that you're going to, you know, go through as excitement. And, you know, that you have the world at your hands and you can do whatever. So I think that is a really, really important point to to listen to. And, you know, for those listening in terms of, you know, sports, the ones that, that compete as well, um, can you express the importance of having a good mindset to improve your overall performance on that kind of sports? Yeah, I, I'm very passionate about understanding you're a, a human being. There's a whole person and the athlete is just a part of you. Whatever sport that might be, the sports person is a part of you. It isn't all of you. So if we're not looking after that bigger part, which is human being, how can you expect that performer to go out and do its best? if everything else isn't going well. So look after the human being first and the performance will come. And that, that ties into a lot of my work now, which is understanding that well-being is a foundation of high performance. If that foundation is solid and, and consistent in terms of healthy, healthy well-being, good well-being, it allows you to then build upon that and go into high performance and thrive. I think too often in sport, we focus on all the little glamorous things or the new things we see on Instagram or, or let's all this support network. Oh, well, I, I need physio and I need nutrition and so on when we haven't got all the basic things in place and we're just not happy in general. So understanding the, the real basics of physical activity, social health, financial health and um, mental health as well is really, really important. Um, no one ever wants to hear it because it's not exciting, Right. We all like the new things. We like the new gadgets. We like the idea of this one thing that might make me an Olympic champion, but it doesn't work that way. It's nailing the basics and the basics are well-being. And I suppose you've probably seen a difference in your own performance whenever you sort of took a hold of your well-being on your mind. Yeah, I was a, I was a far more consistent and better athlete when I was in a, in a better place and, and had that self-awareness and managed myself better. Yeah, by a, by a long way. And, you know, and that kind of links with what you're doing now. You're actually a wellbeing, cons- you've set up a wellbeing consultancy called Ollie Well. Do you want to explain a little bit about that? Yeah, so I, I was, as I said, I was very lucky to work with BBC Studios and, and lead on their wellbeing um, strategies and, and so on. And I decided that I wanted to work with as many people as I could. Um, so I set up Ollie Well, wellbeing consultancy, and it's all around where where performance and wellbeing kind of kind of meet and come together. So we provide organisational wellbeing support and advice. So that's audits and strategies and helping companies plan how they look after their people. But we also provide keynote speakers and events, wellbeing workshops and classes, and then mentoring as well, because I think that one-to-one mentoring is so important in in terms of being able to help people and understand your mindset and I'm sure you can tell from this, I'm quite passionate about the mindset and how we look at things to allow us to move forward. And, and that, I hope, comes across in, in the, uh, the business as well. And you've also, I actually read on your Twitter, the Ollywell Twitter, that you have deactivated all your social media accounts. Is there a reason for that? Yeah, so I deleted all my personal social media accounts apart from, from LinkedIn for, for business reasons. Um, I did it just before Christmas. And I did that because I'd been talking about it for ages and I'd seen studies and the data around how much social media affects your mental health. And I thought, I have enough demons in my head anyway. I don't need to add any extra ones in. But it was all around, there's a few things. I wrote a blog about it and there's a few things. The main thing that comes up is about social comparison. 
you know, we're always looking at everyone else and comparing ourselves. And it's not healthy at all, especially when every, well, not everything, but the majority of things on social media aren't even true. You know, we put filters on things, we edit things, we only show the positives. So I made the decision that I wasn't going to subject myself to that. I was also spending too much time on it. I think the study um, I read showed that on average in the whole world, we, you know, each person spends around two and a half hours a day on social media. So that's a lot of time when you, you add that up. And I was spending too much time doing that, not connecting with people, comparing myself to others, bringing that social anxiety and, and worrying too much. So I decided to get rid of it. And, you know, I'm not saying other people should get rid of it, but it's simple things like if you delete the apps off your phone, that stops you go on and going on it so much because it's not so easily available, right? You have to make a conscious effort to go on it. Now, social media has lots of positives, but for me, it's understanding that, yeah, the positives are there, they're great, but you also have a responsibility to, to not always be putting out the filtered pictures, the edited pictures, or only showing the super great stuff. You know, I think we should all be a bit more human. I think that that's the main thing. If things are tough, things are tough. You don't need to pretend that they're not. Um, so yeah, those are some of the reasons why I, I came off social media, but it's something to, to think about. It's interesting. I 100% agree, to be honest, because we actually did an episode whenever I started off the podcast. It, it's something that really interests me. Is It's just people are like projecting their perfect life. And, you know, it's maybe not so perfect. And you always see, um, I've seen a couple of videos of people showing the background of their images of really what was happening in, the, in the, the background. And it would really shock you because you just don't see it like that. And I think it is really shocking. But again, it is how you portray your platform. If you put it out in a positive way and you don't really use it for portraying images of yourself, but more in a positive reinforcement, it can be done that way as well. So I suppose it's how much how much you rely on social media for maybe your job or something like that. But I know it, it can be. I think in the summertime, I did delete a couple of apps and it really benefited me. It was just, you know, you tune in more to the world rather than what's going on in your phone and you're really getting enjoyment out of the things. And I think that's really important for your mindset. So it is. But I have to say, you have, you've achieved a lot of things for your age. And, you know, now that you're using your own experiences to help others succeed, do you feel like feel content of where you're at at the minute or do you have other things to work towards? I think I'm a human being like anyone else and you never appreciate exactly how far you might have come or, or what you've done and, and still have that social comparison where you, you look at other people and think, well, why am I not in a position the same as them? And you have that miswanting of, well, miswanting things in terms of money and, and materialistic things. That still happens. Like I'm not just, I'm not like a finished article. I'm not the, I haven't got everything sorted. I haven't sorted life out and figured out what life's about as such. But yeah, I, I want to progress with Ollie Well. I want to progress that and try and help as many people as possible. Because as I said, that's my why. And, and that's the thing that fuels me. So if I can help more companies, organizations, individuals, whatever it might be, fantastic. That would be the, the aim because I can elicit some change in the world by changing these companies one one company at a time and then I love my coaching I, I love coaching I love working with athletes I like that one-on-one -on -one stuff so I want to be as successful as a, a coach I can be and that doesn't just mean I want to coach Olympic champions of course I'd love to but if I can have a load of athletes who leave me in a happier place a developed person who has progressed in their time with me that's also a measure of success it's not always about how many medals did they win the same way that I can't look at my career and, and say the success was only winning medals. 
it's that journey you have at the same time. So yeah, for me, it's around Ollywell and how we progress well-being within the world. But also then for me, it's, it's coaching and, and developing people to be the best they can be. And it was so great that, you know, you're able to help through people through something that you're so passionate about yourself and something you've shared a lot of experience on. And, you know, you can help other people and sort of inspire them. And just what you're doing is is so great. And it, it's just really inspirational, I'd say, to a lot of people. Um, but do you want to finish off with, you know, a little bit of advice to the listeners and me and um, maybe a bit of motivation for what's going on at the minute at home and we're all stuck in lockdown? Yeah, I think the most important thing at this current time with the situation we're in is basically be kind to yourself and be accepting of where you're at. So accept the position we're in. It's not a great position for many of us. As soon as you accept that, you take the the power away from it and it allows you to move forward. Whereas if we're constantly fighting something we can't control, fighting the fact that we're in lockdown or, you know, we, we can't do X, Y and Z and you can't make money or you can't work... If we're fighting that, we're never going to win because it's something I can't do much about. Whereas if you accept it, accept the position you're in, you're able to move forward, hopefully make some changes or, or at least look after yourself. Um, and, and for me, it's, it's, it's that. It's are you being kind? Are you accepting of your position? And then, you know, helping yourself to thrive. It doesn't, as I said earlier, it's nothing exciting, right? It's the basic stuff. Think about your physical well-being, your mental well-being, financial well-being and social well-being and see what you can do to help those things. You really summed up the really important bits to improve your mindset. So you have, Jack, and it's just been brilliant to have you on the show. So thank you so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. So Jack mentioned some really important points that are bound to relate to you in some way or another, whether it be to try and be more kind to yourself or appreciate how much you actually have achieved and um, basically just giving yourself a pat on the back but I found it really interesting to hear his perspective on social media and the kind of irrelevance I had to him which I'm sure is probably the opposite for the majority of you listening including myself um, but I'd say the main point I picked up was how ha- like having a healthy positive and clear mindset is vital for good performance and however this is true it's not only for sports but all things you got to do such as socializing and um, revision and even a job so one of the main points to add to that is whenever you're going to think about these things and thinking about the future try to stay grounded and in the present time and avoid overthinking stop worrying about what can go wrong and get excited for what can go right so that'll wrap us up for the week keep positive and um see you all next week thank you for listening